Welcome to Southside Presbyterian Church. The following sermon was taken from our Sunday gathering. If you'd like to find out more, or if we can help you on your journey in faith, head to our website, www.southsidepc.org, or visit us any Sunday morning at 9am. So I'm going to be reading from Proverbs 1, 1 to 7. It should be behind me as well. All right. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young, let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and the riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Thanks for that, Jesse. <laughs> uh, good morning, church. It's great to be here. Uh, I'm Mikey Tai, if you don't know me, I'm the pastor of Providence. Our church, Providence, was here as well to join you guys with a celebration service. It was great uh, to, to say thank you uh, for the partnership we've had with Southside for the seven years, uh, but also to say farewell. Uh, two months later, I'm back again. Uh, hope that's not awkward. Uh, but, you know, when, um, when Ross asked me to preach, you know, I won't say no. I love this church, and I, I love that, to have the privilege to come and share from God's Word, so that's why I'm here. Uh, at Proverbs chapter 1, uh, we often don't know how to uh, understand the Proverbs as we come to it. It's, uh, it's yeah, all these one-off sayings. And so I want us to have the right lens as Christians, uh, the right approach as we read through the Proverbs. And today is just an introduction, uh, just to equip you guys as a church uh, to read the Proverbs, because I think it's a wonderful book, and I think it's a book that we, uh, we shouldn't avoid, because I think there's so many um, gems in there as well. So that's my goal today, just to get an understanding of Proverbs, an introduction to it. Uh, I hope this will be helpful, encouraging, and challenging to you this morning. How about I pray? and we'll get into uh, God's Word. Father, we do uh, thank you. We thank you that you are a God who, who knows us, who knows our hearts, uh, who has created our world and designed it. And I pray, Lord, that you'll give us uh, now wisdom to uh, understand you as our God, as our Creator. Help us to understand how uh, you're a God who uh, is worthy of our worship, a God who is worthy of uh, 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 the striving for wisdom. Uh, and how we can live under you as our God. Help us to do that, Lord. Help us to live wisely as we hear from Proverbs now. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, one of the things I've noticed uh, as I scroll through social media a lot is that uh, everyone on social media is, is looking for something. Everyone's looking for wisdom. It's interesting because uh, I am in the pop culture world often, and I often read about what people say and what people write. And there's so many influencers out there these days, so many um, pop culture celebrities, uh, and they all, they all have something to say. And they're trying to teach us something. Uh, I'm going to read you a few quotes that I came across as I was scrolling through the internet, uh, and, uh, and I'll tell you who they're from as well. This, they're, they're, they're very interesting. They sound like proverbs, and I think you, know, you can get a lot from these, but this is the first one. Uh, believe, believe in your flyness. Believe in your flyness. Conquer your shyness. Oh, it's catchy, isn't it? Believe in your Do you know who that is? That's Kanye West. Believe in your flyness, conquer your shyness. Here's one. You can't fly unless you let yourself fall. I mean, that sounds like some ancient Eastern proverb, right? But it's Justin Bieber. 
He's got a lot of wisdom. Uh, this one, I like this one. Eat clean to stay fit. Have a burger to stay sane. That's the, the, the supermodel, Gigi Hadid. Here's a good one. This is, um, wit beyond measure is a man's greatest treasure. You know, when they rhyme, it just sounds like so much. That J.K. Rowling, uh, everyone's favorite author. I'm sure you can think of many others, right, where people are seeking out wisdom. You, know, you, can, you get it from the, the, uh, the, the self-help gurus, Tony Robbins, Oprah Winfrey, Jordan Peterson, hoping that they'll give you the secret potion to where to find happiness and purpose in this life. But not even in our Western context, like every culture around the world has wisdom gurus, people who will tell us how to have better lives. From life coaches to lifestyle bloggers to the mass amount of just self-help books on our shelves, health and happiness, seeking that out, that it just floods us all around us. Our society and our generation, we're all seeking something, we're all seeking wisdom, aren't we? But are they our best options, these pop culture celebrities, these wisdom gurus? Sure, those lines are, are catchy, they feel good, they sound good, but are they always good? Will they help us pursue a life that's full and purposeful as God intended for us? Where are you and I seeking wisdom from? When you're asking, what career path should I take? Who should I marry? How can I best love my spouse and my family? How do I best use my money? Don't we want wisdom on these issues? Everyone is yearning for truth, for wisdom. And although there's a lot of collective wisdom in our society, at the heart of it, we have to admit something, don't we? The life coaches, the self-help gurus, the social media influences, all of them are just flawed human beings like you and I, trying to figure out how to do life as well. They just happen to have the microphone and the platform to voice it. Let's be real, they're on a search as well for truth and wisdom, aren't they? What if we could go to the source of wisdom then? Go to the source of wisdom itself and learn how to live well and wisely as God intended for us. God, the maker and creator of us all. You see, Proverbs is a book in the Bible that gives us wisdom from God. And today I want to give us the tools, as I said, uh, on where to start on our journey for wisdom in life. Now, most of us know the Proverbs have great standalone, feel-good, motivational, inspirational quotes, right? The things that you see on, on fridge magnets and, and bumper stickers. But there's actually a structure to the book that will help us navigate it. From chapter 1 to 9, it's written like lectures from a, a father to a son. It gives us a, a big picture, the wisdom of God how it's woven into the fabric of our world, the lens by which we see and understand our world. You could say that those first nine chapters of Proverbs focus on how to make us wise. And then from 10 to 31, you have all those wise sayings, like pride goes before a fall, or, or, or go to the ant, you sluggard, and consider its ways. What wisdom practically looks like in life, covering topics like how we speak, how we work, productivity, our pride, our friendships, planning, decision-making, just to name a few. And when you read chapter 31 at the end, it brings all those themes together in, in the, the woman of wisdom, right? Now, with the Proverbs, we're learning how God set up the world to work in his wisdom. And today, we're going to learn how he wants us to live with Christ and wisdom. Firstly, let's look back at our chapter, chapter 1, uh, and think about why do we need wisdom at all. Verse 1 to 3, let's read it again. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair. We're told the Proverbs are given to us by Solomon, great king of Israel in the Old Testament, 1 Kings 3, if you uh, get a chance to read that, it, he prays for wisdom and he's granted it by God. And we're told here why we need the Proverbs. It says 
to gain wisdom and instruction. Now, wisdom isn't just head knowledge. It is about understanding. It is about some knowledge, but it's about applying that knowledge to our hearts and then how that overflows to how we live, the head that affects the heart to how we live. It's about instruction on how we behave so we can pursue what is right and just and fair, integrity and justice and righteousness, living wisely a life under God and God's world, not just for our benefit, but also for others around us to create the harmonious society for, for all of us to live in. Now, I said earlier, the self-help book category in, in our bookstores, they're, they're packed with books. It's a multi-million dollar industry. Every year we're seeing books, more and more books being produced, helping people to get out of the rut that they're in. But you've got to question that. Uh, the fact that there are always new books being released, it tells us something, doesn't it? The self-help books aren't helping. But it also tells me something else. It seems clearer and clearer, for me at least, the older I get, that we all just want to learn how to get by in this life. We all want to learn more, whether it's how to be successful, how to be happy, how to flourish. The human heart is on a pursuit for wisdom. And it's been that way across every generation, hasn't it? Even back to Solomon's time. He recognized it, 30, uh, he recognized it thousands of years ago. That's why he wrote the Proverbs for us. We're looking for wisdom on how to flourish in this life. Now, these are words of wisdom, yes. But as we think about their purpose too, we need to understand how they function. They function like principles to life. What I mean is the thing about Proverbs, they are wise sayings and godly life. It'll help us to recognize what is good for ourselves. What is right, just, and fair. Now think about those words. Those words are written for us in the context of others, isn't it? Doing what is right, just, and fair. It doesn't matter if you lived alone on a deserted island. If you're the sole survivor of the apocalypse, right, your actions won't hurt anyone around you if there's no one else around. But doing what is right, just, and fair, that's in the context of others. Wisdom, the Proverbs are given to us for wisdom on how we live as we live amongst others. They're written by God for us, living in his world, designed for us to flourish and thrive amongst others. We need the Proverbs. That's the purpose Proverbs has been given to us. But secondly, who is it for then? Verse 4. For giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young, let the wise listen and add to their learning. Let the discerning get guidance. For understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. Who is it for? It says, firstly, to those who are simple and young. Now, simple might be tra better translated as inexperienced. Because the reality is, when we're young, we are inexperienced, aren't we? Kids don't know much. We have to teach them. Proverbs 22:15 says, folly is bound up in the heart of a child. It's not stupidity but it's not wisdom. Kids have to be taught things, we know that, uh, right from wrong, otherwise it can be disastrous, can't it? It can be dangerous. Uh, earlier this year, I came across an article in the news about Alexa. She's, you know, that Amazon home device that you, sp you, you know, the voice assistant that you speak to. Uh, a child asked Alexa for a challenge to do. And Alexa said to the child, plug in a phone charger halfway into the wall outlet and then touch a coin to the prongs that are exposed. That was what Alexa told the child to do as a challenge. Apparently, it was a TikTok challenge to cause electric shocks. Now, that's so dangerous, isn't it? And we know as adults that you don't poke metal things into outlets, don't we? There's a truth that wisdom comes with age for the young and the inexperienced. And I remember in my uh, 20s, an older friend said to me, Mikey, your 30s are your best years. And I was young at the time. You know, I, was, you know, I was in my 20s. I was fit. I, I was like, what are you talking about? I'm young and fit. I can eat whatever I want. 
you know, I'm in my 30s now and I've got back problems. I've got nearly, I think I've got high cholesterol. I don't know. I don't want to find out. But I get it, right? I, I get now what he meant by that. The 30s are your best years because uh, in your 30s, you do know yourself better. You do understand yourself better. You've experienced different situations and events. You've learned hard lessons. You have wisdom that you didn't have in your 20s. The thing is, when you are in your 20s, you feel like you know everything. <laughs> I mean, some of our teenagers know, believe that too. But the truth is, we are inexperienced in our 20s. Where there's a lot of growing up to do. And there's a lot of, there's, there's experiences like, like heartbreak and grief and loss. Mistakes, making mistakes and struggles. It's also about joy and ambitions and achievements. It's all those things and learning how to navigate through them and coming through on the other end and growing from it. And I'm so sure right now in the room there are men and women here that are older than me and they're thinking, Mikey, oh, you're still such a baby. You're still so inexperienced. And you're 100% right. You totally are. Uh, for example, I, I, I've, got a, I've got a little girl and I don't know what it's going to be like to raise a teenage daughter. I'm terrified of that. I'll need wisdom on what that looks like in the future. A lot of wisdom. And I hope I'll continue to seek wisdom from God and others as I grow older. Let's be humble to accept that we need wisdom. Right, young people? Right? But even if you're older than me, don't think you're off the hook. Solomon wants you to know the Proverbs are for you too. Verse 5, let the wise listen and add to their learning. Let the discerning get guidance. Just because you're older, we're not necessarily wise. We haven't made it yet. We should never stop learning, never stop growing, never think we need more wisdom in life, no matter how old we are. We can never be wise enough. We need to have that humble disposition to be a student for life, always learning, always growing in discernment, seeking out wisdom. It's, it's not just a one-off, I've got wisdom now, I'm done. It's to keep learning and growing. The reality is every generation changes, doesn't it? I mean, the, the Dalai Lama or, or Yoda, <laughs> even they can add to their learning. Wisdom is for everyone. It's for all people, young and old. So why do we need wisdom? For the flourishing of humanity. Who is it for? It's for everyone. Lastly, how do we get it then? Million dollar question. Verse 7, let's read it. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Wisdom comes with knowledge, and that begins with fear of the Lord. Now, when we hear about fear, what's, what's the first thing that comes to mind? What's the first thing that comes to mind? Spiders? Snakes? Heights? Public speaking? doing small talk at church, we often hear these words, fear and God in the same sentence. And, and our unchurched friends, they instantly think, oh, this angry God who will punish us, so we should be afraid of him, we should fear him. But that's not the fear of the Lord that the Bible wants us to feel. It's not about being terrified and afraid of God, then you'll have wisdom. No, it means being able to acknowledge him for who he is. Powerful, perfect, the rule and judge of the world. There's a fear that comes with awe and reverence when you stand before something so grand and majestic and we feel so small. That type of fear. I love uh, how C.S. Lewis puts it, right? In, in the, the fear of God in his, in his Narnia books, if you've read the Narnia books. Uh, there's a moment in uh, The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, right? Where Mr. Beaver talks about Aslan, if you know the books. Aslan's a lion uh, in, the, in the fantasy world. Aslan is respected by all the animals. And Mr. Beaver is talking to Susan and says, Aslan is a lion, the lion. Oh, said Susan, 
I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. Safe? said Mr. Beaver. Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. He isn't safe, but he's good. God isn't going to be some chummy, soft bunny rabbit. If we stood before God, we'd feel a little nervous, standing before his greatness and his power and his majesty, the judge and the ruler of the universe. I don't think we'll necessarily feel safe, but the Bible also tells us we can trust him. He is good and he is kind and he is slow to anger and abounding in love. When it says fear of the Lord, it's that respect and awe that is, that is deserving of who he is. Acknowledging that he is God and he created the world. And he created you and I. That he is the king. And to know him as God is to fear him in that reverence and awe. It might also help us to, to understand that reverence and awe looks a bit like a life that seeks to live his ways. To repent of evil. In Job, another wisdom book, Job 28, 28, we read the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to shun evil is understanding. To fear the Lord and to shun evil. We can't fear the Lord and love evil. That in no way reveres God. And so people have got it wrong when they think we have to be scared of God. Because if we're scared of God, it'd be impossible for us to go to God in trust and dependence, wouldn't it? Uh, Proverbs 3 says this. Proverbs 3 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him and He will make your path straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. How can you do that if you're scared of Him? No, we want to trust in Him because He's good. Because we fear Him with that reverence and awe. That's the interesting thing about Proverbs, isn't it? It doesn't tell us how to capture wisdom as if it's a thing we can simply have. Hold on to wisdom. It comes first with entering into a relationship with our God. And that relationship transforms everything. It allows God's truth to seep into every area of our life. We want wisdom to figure out life and how to be the best person we can be, to make the best choices we can make. It begins with knowing the one who created us. It begins with a relationship. A relationship with God himself who is the source of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning, beginning of knowledge, beginning of understanding, the beginning of wisdom. The alternative is folly, foolishness, Proverbs says. To reject the Lord is to reject wisdom from the one who created and designed the world as it is. And doesn't that all make sense? I mean, shouldn't we seek to live in God's world with the wisdom he created the world with? To live with God's wisdom is to go with the, the grain of how he created us. Uh, like a beautiful piece of, of woodwork or, or slicing a juicy fat steak, you go with the grain, right? Wisdom is living with God according to how he designed us and designed the world we live in. And Proverbs paints that picture for us. When we come to God as creator, we see a God who set the world into motion, a God who puts everything in its right place, that there is so much complexity, even in, the, in, in something similar like the food chain, in photosynthesis, even in the human body alone. God has created all so that the world turns with the tides and the sun and everything is sustained so harmoniously. If God is the creator, doesn't it make sense then that he knows the rules and the principles by which we should live by? Imagine a game of basketball, and you're, in, and you're dribbling the ball, and someone comes along and kicks the ball. Or they come and they tackle you to the ground. 
it'd be absolute chaos, wouldn't it? That's not how you play a game of basketball. You've got to stick to the rules and the principles of the game. When we understand God, we'll be able to understand how to live in this world. We'll be able to live in line with how he intended it for us. That's where wisdom starts. And Proverbs 8, it's really interesting. I'm going to read a, a section of it to you. It tells us something really special. It personifies God's wisdom for us in his creation. I don't know if you have your Bibles. You can read along with me from Proverbs 8, verse 22. It says this. <laughs> the Lord brought me forth, wisdom. The Lord brought wisdom forth as the first of his works before his deeds of old. I was formed long, long ages ago at the very beginning when the world came to be. When there were no watery depths, I was given birth. When there were no springs overflowing with water. Before the mountains were settled in place. Before the hills, I was given birth. Before he made the world or its fields or any of the dust of the earth. I was there when he set the heavens in place. When he marked out the horizon on the face of the deep. When he established the clouds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep. When he gave the sea its boundary so the waters would not overstep his command. And when he marked out the foundations of the earth. Just reading those words, those words God, God created the world in wisdom. Isn't that so beautiful? The designer, the architect, the builder, he put it all, the right foundations down. So it's not by random chance everything works so seamlessly. There's an order. Even wisdom. Wise rules for how we're meant to live. And when we live by those rules of the game, don't we enjoy it so much more? Knowing how we can thrive in it? I mean, it sucks to play a game and you don't know what you're doing. But what if the game of life came with a set of instructions? Isn't that what the Proverbs are? On how to live in this world? But let's not stop there. Isn't that wisdom, those words that we read, and the God of the Proverbs? Isn't this God, the, the, the Lord, the fear of the Lord, this Lord, isn't he the same God we have in Christ? When we read the words, the fear of the Lord, doesn't that transport us, teleport us to the God who has shown us his goodness and greatness at the cross? The one we stand in awe and reverence of? Colossians 1, 15 to 17 tells us the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven, on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rules or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Interesting, isn't it? Because didn't we just read in Proverbs chapter 8 that wisdom was there forming the world? Isn't Jesus that creator God that we know and wisdom personified? Like wisdom, wasn't Jesus there creating, designing, building, doing all that work? It's through him the world is maintained. It's through him the world is sustained. It's through him everything holds together. And when we hear that, that name, the Lord in Proverbs 1. We should be remembering the God, the God who makes promises to us. The covenant God. Uh, the, the, the name is Yahweh. The one who will rescue his people from slavery in Egypt. But he'll also rescue the creation from sin and death itself. See, the promises throughout the Bible speak of a God who will save people from sin. And that promise was fulfilled in Jesus, who came to die on a cross and take the sin of humanity with him. Conquer death in his resurrection so that by God's wisdom, we're redeemed, we're rescued, we're restored back to God through faith in him. A relationship restored to one of trust and dependence because of what Jesus accomplished on our behalf. Yahweh, he's a good and great God 
who shows us his faithfulness and wisdom in the person of Jesus, his son. You see, when we take the big picture of the whole Bible and redemption history, the Proverbs are all about Jesus, aren't they? The fear of the Lord, that that should echo to us, trust and love Jesus. What is wisdom? Well, wisdom is to live in Christ, to stand in awe and reverence of him as one who is our creator and fulfills the covenant and promises of God. So we heard that wisdom is a desirable need to pursue. We heard that wisdom is sought after, however old or inexperienced or experienced you are, and to find wisdom begins with Jesus, trusting him. Have you found that to be true of your story, in your search for wisdom? I know many people who seek after wisdom, they trawl through books, science, philosophy, religion, psychology, history, Wikipedia, the internet, trying to understand the world we live in. All good things to do. It can be helpful to listen to the voices of those who have experiences that you haven't had before. Yes, the self-help books sometimes are helpful, and I believe we do see God's fingerprints, at least, in them when these authors and pop psychologists try to make sense of the world. But at the very heart of it, they'll all fall short, ultimately. They're not going to answer all your questions. They're not going to answer the question why we have a heart that desires love so much. Why do we feel so insecure, even, even if we have everything in the world? Why do we feel so lost even though we have money in the bank and work and relationships and entertainment at our fingertips? Why do we still feel so lost? Our humanity is on an endless search for freedom and security and love, aren't we? And while people might be able to give answers that satisfy for a season, times do change. People change. And no one person has all the answers. What if we could make sense of the world through the lens of the gospel, through that relationship with Jesus himself who embodies the unique wisdom that only God possesses? Wisdom, friends, it begins with the relationship. Wisdom begins with a relationship with Jesus. Seek him out. I do have friends who struggle with who they are. They don't know what they're meant to do with their lives. Their job doesn't make them happy. They have anxious thoughts about their worth and value. They want to fit in, but they always find they're on the fringe. They think travel and food will make them happy, but that too fades and needs to be constantly fed. You and I, we have friends who need wisdom, don't we? I mean, I need wisdom too. Without the fear of the Lord, we're often left feeling the chaos, the confusion, the anxiety. There'll be uncertainty about the decisions we make, our identity, our purpose, our meaning, and the existential crisis is so real. But when we trust Christ, we find order for the the tumultuous world we live in. And our heart comes to know the security and freedom and deep joy that only God can give. Wisdom begins with a relationship, a relationship with Jesus, where we seek to trust him and love him. You know, the thing about wisdom is, uh, for me at least, people often um, come to me asking for it. Now, I'm, I'm not a social media influencer. I've only got a few hundred people who follow me. <laughs> I'm not a self-help lifestyle blogger. I'm definitely not a celebrity as far as I'm aware, but maybe because I'm a pastor, I do get asked for my thoughts. A lot of people in my church are younger uh, than me. I think it's just a small handful that are older than me. They ask me, Mikey, what should I do about this? How should I handle this matter? Money, relationships, dating, marriage, career, hairstyle, you know, you name it. But I've learned over the years, as I minister to people, My answers can only truly be helpful. I do have a lot of opinions. My answers can truly be helpful only when it's shaped by and couched in the fear of the Lord, the wisdom that comes from the cross. 
you know, the, the, yeah, there's a passage in 1 Corinthians 1, 22 to 24. It says, Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. If I want the people I minister to to thrive in life, the people that you talk to in everyday life, in your own heart, I can't share wisdom that is just like the world's, believe in your flyness, conquer your shyness. No, it must come from Jesus. It must begin with the fear of the Lord. May we seek out the wisdom at the cross of Christ. Let's walk with him, love him, obey him, put our faith in him, and we'll soon discover that God is like a lighthouse to guide our way. Trusting Jesus will put you on the right path in this world, as narrow as it might seem. And for those who are here and have yet to start that relationship with Jesus, let me invite you. You can start today. It'll be the wisest decision you make. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the cross. We thank you that through the cross we can have and enter into a relationship with you, that we can know you as our God, our Father. And as we uh, stand before you, Lord, help us to, to stand in, in, uh, in reverence and awe, in fear of you, because you're worthy of that. Help us to, uh, to, to approach you, approach the throne as we go through life, as we ask the questions to life, as we try to figure out how to live this life. Help us, Lord, to come to you and through the lens of the gospel, through the lens of the cross, help us to apply wisdom. I pray, Lord, that, that you will help us at, here at Southside Church be a church that is on the, on the pursuit of wisdom, but on the pursuit of wisdom uh, as Christians who love Jesus and who want to live out Jesus in our lives. We do pray for this in your son's name. Amen.